0: Is there anybody know that it was God's grace? <laughs> That's the only explanation for the reason why I'm still here today. That's the only explanation why I still have a right mind today that it was what God's God's grace I promise you it kept he kept on keeping me time and time again. He didn't let me go and I God I thank you for that. God, I thank you. It was his grace and his mercy. Yeah, that's my testimony. They don't want to know how I made it. It was his grace and his mercy. Not on what I could do, not on what I, what Colin could do, not my accolades, but it was God's ability that brought me here to this place. And we thank God for that. Got a question for you. I ask you this every Sunday. I want to see your response. Is there anybody ready and excited for the word of God? Amen. Amen. And there is a word today. Are y'all excited? Get your Bibles out and let's go to a very, very familiar passage of scripture. Let's go to the um, prophet Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. Some of us probably have this already memorized and figured out and all of that other stuff. Jeremiah 29 and 11, as you're getting there. Y'all know how we do it here. If you don't mind just standing in honor and respect for God's word. When I say that, fun fact, that's not just something that church folk do. That's literally in the word of God. There was a time when um, Ezra was when they was rebuilding the temple um, and Ezra would stand and he would literally hear me out. They would literally read the word of God from sunrise to the middle of the day opening reading and explaining god's word and that entire time that people were standing the entire time the people were standing i know we, we we have the comfort and the ability to sit down when we want to and worship but that entire time this worship service was going those people were standing but jeremiah 29 11 that's why we stand I, and i'll go into it another day at another time i always say that's another story for another day Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of what? Peace and not of evil, to give you and what? And expect to end. Your Bible says that. Do you mind reading that one verse for me and read it? Read it with all your might. Read it like you. this is God speaking to you. Go ahead, read that. the word of God for the people of God. Father God, I thank you for this day. God, thank you for this opportunity to worship you. God, I thank you now Have you have already gathered us here on purpose, Father, with a purpose and with a plan. And Father, my prayer is that as this word goes forth that you will continue to do what you do. Father, my prayer is that you encourage somebody. Father, my prayer is that you comfort somebody. Father, my prayer is that through your word you heal somebody, you give them the strength to carry on, Father, in the midst of their storms, Father, in the midst of their situation, God, I pray now that, God, that you restore somebody hope in the room today. God, I know somebody come here today not knowing what else to do, what else to take. Father, not knowing how they're going to get through it. But, Father, you have given us a word this day. And, God, I pray that you allow it to do exactly what you have sent for it to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, "Amen." amen. Everybody said, amen. As you're on your way down to your seat, look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. I have good news for you. God has a plan. Oh, yeah yeah if, if you really knew what that meant and you weren't just saying, you would shout, you would clap. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I have good news for you. God has a plan. Amen, praise God. As we have come over to this first Sunday of a new month, I believe that I found a song that is the testimony of everyone in the room today. The song says, um, the songwriter says, millions didn't make it. Yeah. Millions didn't make it to this moment, but I was one of the ones who did. Millions didn't survive COVID, but I was one of the ones who did. Many off look, it got many people down, but I was one of the ones who has survived it. Some people had a stroke. Good God from Zion. You just don't know my testimony. I'll tell you that another day. But millions didn't make it. But I was one of the ones who did. And as we look at the perilous and alarming times that sweep our world today, We can see that it is only by by the grace and mercy of God that we are still here today. It's been tough. I know it's been tough. I know it's been a fight. Even in this year, you've been going through some things. Things have happened that you never expected for to happen. But the good news is that we are still here. We are still here let me tell somebody, you have survived 100% of your bad days. That every day that you thought you weren't going to able to make it through, God says you already survived it. But you are still here. The truth be told, we actually belong to that shoulda, coulda, woulda crew. I shoulda lost my mind. I coulda lost my mind. And I woulda lost my mind, but God. I shoulda been dead. I could have been dead. I would have been dead, but God. I would have lost my job. I could have lost my job, and I would have lost my job, but God. Somebody got a testimony, and then the testimony is, but God. God was on my side. God was walking through it with me. God was there. So my testimony is that I should have been dead and gone. But I'm still here. I'm gonna testify. Lord God, I thank you. I remember a time growing up as a child. My family, we went to the pool, we went to the city pool, and it was our custom that we would go there and we'd go to have fun and we was having fun. We was having fun. I was a young, young boy, maybe about what mom about the age of five, four. She said, Yeah, I'll find time around that time. And in that time, we was there, we was going, swimming, or not, Lord knows I don't know how to swim. This is probably the part of the reason why I still don't. Uh, we was going and we was having fun. Next thing you know, they look up and they say, where is Kyler? They say, where is Kyler? Whole time, Kylin was at the bottom of the pool. On his way out of here. But thanks be to God that even when I was supposed to be dead, even when I was supposed to have drowned in that pool, God still had a purpose. That even when my life could have been gone, God still had a plan. And God says, Colin, it's not your time yet. And because it wasn't my time, there was still more work to do. God says, I need to bring you out of the pool. That was just one time. That was just one time. A few years ago, a few years ago, I was I went to the hospital for a checkup. Have I told you I don't think I've told y'all. If I told y'all, I'm going to tell it again. I went to the hospital for a checkup. They put the, the um, blood pressure thing on my arm. They said, hmm, that's high. She said, maybe it's the machine. Let's do it again. Hmm, that's high. Okay, maybe it's just that arm. Let's do the other arm. She said, hmm, that's high. And she said, you know what? Colin, we're going to have to put you in a bed because you could be leaving your way. You can be on your way out of here at any moment. Mind you, I'm just 19 years old. I could have been on my way out of here, but I, I got a God that's a healer. That even when my blood pressure was up, <laughs> even when I was on my way out of here, God still had a plan. He still had a plan that had some work for me to do, so I, God was on my side in the midst of all of that. And what I've said, I've testified to tell somebody that if God did it for me, then he can do it for you. If God can save my soul, then sure enough he can save yours too. If God can heal my body, sure enough he can heal yours too. If God can regulate my mind, sure enough he can do it too. So I know what it feels like to hurt. I know what it feels like when the doctors say they can't do anything else. That's what they told me about my granddaddy. He was the first one to pass from COVID in Oxford. But I I know what it feels like when the doctors turn to walk away. And I'll come to tell somebody today, if God can do it for me, then sure enough, he can do it for you. That no matter what happens in our life, God still has a what plan. That God was on our side through it all. That if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, who knows where we will be. We'll still be broke, busted, and disgusted. We'll still be drowning deep in depression. Good God from Zion. We will still be lost in our sins, but God spared us. He saved us and allowed us to see this brand new day in the land of the living. So the truth of the matter is, is that as long as we have wind in our lungs... God still has a plan and purpose for our lives. Let me tell somebody that again so that can resonate with you. As long as we have wind in our lungs, God still has a plan and purpose for our lives. That it doesn't matter how it looks and how it feels at the moment, he still has a plan. It doesn't matter if we cooperate with him or not, his plan still exists. It doesn't matter how who turns and walks away out on us in life. His plan still stands. That God has a plan. He has a strategy to do something major in our lives. We just have to learn to seek him in prayer. We just have to learn to position ourselves in prayer so that he can reveal that plan to us. Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 3, for my people who are taking notes in your phone, in your tablets, in your, your journals. Jeremiah 33 and 3, I want this to be your, your petition. I want this to be, and I want you to memorize this and hope this dear to your heart. The Lord says, he says, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know of. That in this place of prayer, God's plan, his thoughts, his, his purposes are revealed to us in our lives. Prayer has this ability to connect us to the mind of God. And it shows us his plans and purpose for, for our lives. So you got to get in prayer. But not only that, we also have to learn to trust God in the process. Because God has a plan, but we also have to go through this thing called process. I remember good God from Zion. I was cooking yesterday, and I was like, Lord, and I, I, I rarely cook, but I cooked yesterday. And I was like, I went to the grocery store. I was like, Lord, I'm tired. Oh, you feel like cooking no more. I didn't know I had to go through all this just to make a good meal. But I had to go through the process to reap the results. In order to enjoy the meal, in order to enjoy what was prepared for me, I still had to go through the process. And I need to tell somebody, God has something prepared for you to enjoy, but you have to go through the process. I know you're going to have to go through different routes. I know you may get tired. I know you may get weary. But if you would just push through the process, you will enjoy what God has planned for you. And finally, we got, when God shows us his plan, and life, watch this, and life doesn't go that way. Sometimes God shows us his plan, but life doesn't seem to follow what he told us. And sometimes God tells you something and your life does something completely different. Has that, has that happened to somebody before? I don't know. But if something, if sometimes when that happens, because here's the thing, sometimes God releases something in the spirit and the natural has to catch up to what has already been released. So what you have to do is learn how to wait until that plan shows up. The Bible says they that wait on the Lord what, shall renew their okay, y'all got some Bible reads. They shall mount up on wings like whoa. Eagle. They shall run and what? They shall walk and not what? Faith. If you wait on God, everything He has planned for you will hit, hit your life. If you will wait on God, everything that he has planned for you will hit your life. Our text is a very notorious passage of scripture that is often quoted in our communities, very in the church. You hear it all the time. Jeremiah 29 and 11. You ask somebody, what's their favorite scripture? Jeremiah 29 and 11 or Philippians what, 4 and 13. Uh, but this is many people's favorite scripture because it offers a, us this reassurance That the creator of the universe is on our side. That God is on our side working things out for for our best interests. However, I must address an issue that I have been seeing mislead our people. Whenever we come to to understand, to interpret scripture, it is vital that we consider the context of where that verse comes from. It's vital, it is important that we consider what the other scriptures around it are saying as well. Because just as with conversations with anybody, if we do not process the big idea of what someone is saying, we can miss, we can take the small details out of context. Maybe you had a conversation with somebody and you said this, y'all had a whole conversation, but they only remember that one thing, and when they remember that one thing, they took it out of context. And sometimes that's how we treat God's word. God's word is a conversation between him, between heaven and him and us. And if you do not consider what that verse means in the entire context of that conversation of God's word, you would take that verse out of context. Y'all following me? So if we do not process the theme and the main point of a passage of scripture, we can take that specific verse out of context. So here's my point. Although Jeremiah 29 and 11 is offering some good hope. God, uh, I know the Lord. God says, I have a plan for you. I know the thoughts I think towards you. God says, so he give us something very encouraging in this scripture. The rest of this chapter speaks of an inevitable hard time. This one verse speaks of hope. But the rest of the chapter talked about hard times. The Jews, they were taken into captivity by the Babylonian Empire. And like us with our situations, they wanted to hear that God would be triumphant. They wanted to hear that God was going to bring them out. They wanted to hear that God was going to cause the Babylonians to fall and rescue them from slavery immediately. However, this is not what God tells them. God actually tells them, tells the Israelites that they should get comfortable in slavery because they would be there for 70 years. He instructed them to go ahead and build homes, plan to stay there, plant gardens, eat the food they produce. The Lord told them to marry and have children in the land. He told them to find spouses for their children so that they would not so they could have many grandchildren and their family line wouldn't die. The Lord wanted the Israelites to multiply not dwindle and work for the peace and the prosperity of the city. Because what, what happened is because the welfare of that city would determine the Israelites' welfare as well. So simply put, the Lord was telling the Jews that he understood what they wanted him to do. He understood that they wanted him to bring that, he, that they wanted him to bring them out. He understood that they wanted him, they, they wanted him to deliver him, and he was going to do it, but in his timing. And let me tell you this, before he does it, the Lord says he was going to let them stay in their situations a little while longer. Before God brought them out of slavery, he says, y'all going to stay in slavery just a little while longer. And here's the point I need you to get. Before success comes, a test is going to come. Oh, you could have clapped right there. Before success comes, a test is going to come, a test of stewardship. Before God releases us into the success that he has planned for us, we have to persevere through some situations that we simply do not want to be in. You're going to have to persevere persevere through some situations that challenge your ideals for a perfect and a perfect life, a perfect scenario, that I thought everything was supposed to happen this way and it's supposed to go that way, and this person's supposed to do that, I'm supposed to get this result, and things don't go that way. You have to persevere through some stuff like that. So God sends you through a test to see how bad you really want it. God sends you through a test to see, can you be faithful even when the conditions are not favorable and what you prefer? Can you remain hopeful and positive and encouraged when it looks like the process is taking longer than you expected? Can you not doubt God's call on your life, even when the factors of life don't want to cooperate with it? Can you work even when it doesn't look like you're winning? Because how we navigate and steward our responsibilities and our resources in our present circumstances how we, how we navigate and steward our responsibilities and our resources in our present situations will determine whether or not we will make it to our promise right. how you handle this season will determine whether or not you will make it to your promise how you handle this test this this test this this chance to show God what you really have determines whether or not you will make it to your promise Am I making sense? So yes, we have a big and bright, we have big and bright things ahead of us, but we have to learn to always give our best now so that we can see better later. Let me tell somebody again, give your best now so that you can see better later. If you want to see better later, you need to give your best now in this season now. So concerning God's plan, God says, I got three things in, three things planned for you. God's plan, number one, God plans for us to have peace. Let, me, let that sink in. Somebody here is going through some things. God plans for you to have peace. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor. Look to, come on, say it to him, neighbor. God plans for you to have peace. Cause some of us got some troubles in, in our homes. Some of us are in our minds, we're going back and forth. Some of us are still troubled mentally and emotionally. God, no, God says, no, I have a plan for you to have peace. As we discussed um, just a few seconds ago, the exiled Jews, they live in the, in the experience of God's judgment upon their nation. And it was easy for them to think that God was against them. And some of us may be in their predicament. We feel like, God, he, you're really not for me. It, it, look, your situation looks like God is against you, that he intended evil for you. But through Jeremiah, God assured them that his thoughts towards them were thoughts of what? Peace. This word peace also means prosperity. It wasn't the Lord's plan that the Jews had a sad story, but a successful story. And I need to tell somebody today, it's not God's plan that you go down in a sad story, but that you come out with a successful story. It's God's plan that you have peace and prosperity. This word prosper in the Hebrew text literally means to push forward, to pass through, To get on, to push forward, to pass through, to get on. It carries the idea of thriving and succeeding in what you do. God has given us this promise that he will grant us success in every activity and endeavor we put our minds to do for his glory. Proverbs 16 to 3, for my Bible readers, he says, commit your thoughts to the Lord, commit your plans to the Lord, and they will be established. If you commit and you dedicate what you do to God's glory, is you're going to succeed in it. That if we dedicate what we do to God, everything that we hope for will happen. I'm reminded of the life of Joseph in Genesis. The Bible says that the Lord was with Joseph. And therefore, he succeeded in everything that he did. Whether he was serving in Potiphar's house, God allowed him to secede there. Whether he was managing men in prison, God allowed him to secede there. Whether he was giving commands at the palace, God allowed him to secede there. God made sure that Joseph prospered in whatever his hands found to do. And I truly believe that if we learn how to have a heart of humility... If you learn how to dedicate what you do to God, God will do some things for you. Let me say that again. If you dedicate what you do, I don't care what you do. If you do it in here, if you dedicate, de- dedicate that to doing it for God, God will do some things for you. Even if you, if you have a business, if you dedicate that business to God... God will do some things for you. If you're teaching and you're doing nursing, if you're doing therapy, whether you're cooking, whatever you're cleaning, whatever you're taking care of somebody, if you dedicate that to God, God will do something for you. First Peter 5 and 6, he says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And in due time, he will what, raise you. He will exalt you. So if you will humble yourself under God, if you would dedicate what you do to God, I promise you, you will come out winning. Yeah. That it doesn't matter what you go through, but all things will begin to work together for your good. It will work in your favor. You may wonder how and why, but it's going to work in your favor. Now let me warn you. Winning and prospering biblically is not what society and this world tells us success and prosperity is. And y- y'all follow me? In the context of Scripture, winning Is being successful in the good we do, not in the good that we have. Winning and being successful is in the good we do, not in the good that we have. Prosperity is about our heart's conditions and our heart's intentions and our pursuit of our God-given goals. When our hearts are pure, when our hearts are pure, when they're not full of greed, when they're not full of pride, when they're not full of ego, when they're not full of lust, when they're not full of selfishness, and our goals are purposeful, and our goals are connected to expanding God's plan and God's kingdom to better serve him and his people, God will allow us to be successful in everything that we have ever wished for. So, let me tell you this. With my desire being to make God happy, With my goal being to make God happy, I'm going to do everything I have ever wanted. I'm going to go after everything I wanted. With my desire being to make God happy, I'm going to put my best forward in everything I do because I know if I dedicate it to God, God will allow me to succeed in it. So peace and prosperity is this place where God will allow you to succeed in whatever you do. So God plans for you to succeed. Not only that, but God also has a plan for your future. Yeah. Somebody shout future. future. Oh, go ahead. Somebody shout future. future. The words expected end are also translated as two separate words. Future and a hope. Future speaks to the fact that the Jews' history was, as a people was not yet over. That their, their history, their, the Jews' um, story as a history was not yet over. Their story was not over. And I need to tell somebody today that your story is not over. Amen. As we look at the original word for, word for Hebrew for, uh, the original, uh, the original Hebrew, Hebrew word for future, in our text, we will find out that it means a remnant or survivor. God was telling his people that he was going to make them into survivors. He was telling them that their their story wasn't going to end in captivity, but it was going to end in survival. That they would survive every situation that would be thrown their way. And that's a cutest shout right there because this word applies to us as well. That as we commit ourselves to the Lord and his work for our lives, he will make us into survivors as well. That nothing we face is going to be able to take us out or keep us down. That's a trustworthy saying that goes, it's not over until God says it's over. It's not over until what God says is over. Now, we will go through some situations, I got to tell you, that would challenge us to our core. They will leave us disappointed. They will leave us discouraged. They will leave us almost hopeless. But we have to hang on to the fact that God still has a plan for my future. That it's not over until God says it's over. We must know that it doesn't matter what comes up against us or what threatens our future. God has already made provisions and a plan for our survival. Now, no matter what happens to me right now, God has already gone ahead of me to get me through it. And I must tell somebody this morning that we are going to get through it. I don't know who I need to talk to. I need to tell somebody we are going to get through this. We're going to get through all of these problems together. We're going to get through all of these frustrations together. We're going to get through this grief together. We're going to get through this storm together. We're going to get through this semester together. We're going to get through this together. Because... What God leads us to, he has already made a plan to see us through. If God allowed you to get to this place, you must hang your hat on the fact that, God, you want me here. And you must have a plan to get me through this. So as the songwriter says, he says, it won't always be like this. But the Lord will perfect that concerns you. And the songwriter says, sooner or later... It's going to turn in your favor. And I need to tell somebody, God is going to turn your situation around. God is going to allow you to bounce back. God is going to allow you to recover. And one thing I love about bouncing back is that the harder you fall, the higher you go back up. And somebody here has taken a hard fall. Some of us have been hit in our spirits and let me tell you, you are getting ready to bounce back to high, greater heights that you have never seen before. That the harder you fall, the higher you bounce back. Look to your neighbor and say, bounce back. Go ahead, high five somebody say, bounce back. You're going to bounce back because God has a future. God has a, always has something planned for your future. God has a, plan for, a plan, plans for you to have peace. He always has something planned for your future. So you're going to bounce back. The last thing, and I'm getting ready to go, the last thing he has, is, he has is God has a plan for you to have hope. God plans for you to have hope. Don't lose hope. Don't lose an expectation with God. Hope speaks to the fact that God has a better time in store for his people. In Hebrew, the word hope means expectation. It is having a positive expectation concerning our situation. I'm going to teach you this real quick, and then I'm going to move on. Hope, spell out with me. The H is having, the O is only, the P is positive, and the E is expectation. Hope is having only, not having both. Having only, that means just one mind, one thought, having this one thing, and I'm having a, a positive expectation. So no matter what I go through, I'm expecting something, God to do something in my situation. I'm expecting something positive to come out of this. I still have hope. And the reason why I still have hope, because I have help. The reason why I still have hope is because I have help. David says, I will look to the hills from which comes my what? Help. All my help comes from who? The Lord. So I have hope because help is on the way. I have hope because no matter what people do, God is still there to help me through it. Your hope has to be in God. If you're going to have a positive expectation for your situation, you can build your hope off of what people do, what people say they can do for you, but on what God says he he is and what he can do for you. The word hope is also translated as the word rope or cord, like a cord, you know, a cord that holds things together. A cord has the ability to hold two objects together. And let me tell you now, in this season is going to be hope that holds us together. That there will be times where people may wonder why we didn't lose our minds and why we didn't throw in the towel and give up, why we didn't walk away, why we went back to school, why we tried again. And the answer will be because we still have hope. I'm still expecting God to do something in my life. I don't care if I'm this age, I'm still expecting God to do something in my life. I don't care if I've been in this storm this long, I'm still expecting God to bring me out because I still have hope. And what I love about God is that we serve a God that not only meets our expectations, but he exceeds our expectations. That if you would be willing to just set your mind that, God, I'm expecting you to do this, God would do more than that. And so the text says that God was going to give the Jews an expected end. Somebody shout end. God was going to shift their story based on how they expected it to end. End. Not only expected to what they were expecting to happen right now, but what they saw happening in the future. And my question for you in this morning, and you can let this sink in. How do you expect this season of your life to end? What are you looking for God to do by the end of this season? What are you expecting God to do and bring out of this circumstance by the end of it? And I have my expectations. I don't know about y'all, but I have my expectations set high for God in this season. Now, every day I wake up, I'm going to look for God to send a blessing that will put me in position to be a blessing and serve him. As the Clark sisters, they said in the song, I'm looking for a miracle. I'm expecting the impossible. I see the invisible and I feel the intangible. They go on and say the sky is the limit to what I can have. All you have to do is what? Believe and receive it, and God will perform it when? Today. And I need to tell somebody, if you will believe it, if you will receive it, if you will expect it, God will perform it in your life. And I'm expecting good things to come out of this season. I'm expecting good things to happen to us. I'm expecting for God to show up and to show out. No matter what my season looked like, I still have an expectation. No matter how bad it hurts, I'm still expecting God to do something. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So I must bid you a farewell this morning. I must, be, I must move on. But as I, hurry back, as I head back to my seat, as I hurry back to my seat, as I get ready to move out the way, I must tell you that before there was your problem, God already had a plan. I need to encourage somebody and say, before there was your problem, God already had a plan. Before you even got into this situation, God already had a plan to do something for you. But it may be a surprise to you and it may be unexpected to you, but God already had a plan. And if you would just submit and surrender to his plan, God will bring you peace. If you will submit and surrender to what God's will for is for your life, he will bring you a future. If you submit and surrender to God's will for your life, he will give you hope. Because the hope is not in you. The peace is not in you. The future is not in you. But the future is in him. It is in his will. So before you had a problem, God had a plan. Even this is not just... For you, But this was the entire, this is the way that God operates. Even when Adam and Eve, they sinned in the Garden of Eden, and they introduced sin to the world, God already had a plan to redeem his people back to him. He had already planned, back in Genesis, and I'll go show you to you another day. He had already planned to send his son to die on the cross, to be buried, and to get up on that third day, redeeming people back to him. And when he got up from the grave, good God from Zion, that power was made available to us. And that power is working to bring God's plan to to life in your life. I need to tell somebody, sometimes you are going to have to wait for God's plan to show up. But hear me out. If you follow God's plan, you won't have to take another one. You won't have to go and try plan B and plan C and plan D and try to figure out how to do this. If you follow God's plan, if you follow God's plan as he has given it to you in in his word, you will be all right. And I need to tell somebody, peace is coming to you. A future is coming to you. Hope is coming to you. Not because I said it. Not because that's what I wanted to say. No, God says, I know the faults. I know the plans I have for you. I know what you're going through, but I know what I got for you. I know what happened to you, but I know what I have planned for you. I know what they said, but I know what I have planned. I know how it feels, but I know I still have a plan. And the good news today is no matter what we go through, God still has a plan. That we are going to go through some things, but we have to remind ourselves that God still has a plan. Look to your neighbor and say, neighbor, God still has a plan. Father God, we thank you now that you always have a plan for our lives. That, God, that you're not finished working on us, that you're not finished talking to us, Father. You're not finished bringing us out. You're not finished delivering and healing us. That, Father, before we even got into this circumstance, God, before we even got into this situation, you saw it. And, Father, we ask that you would be with us in the midst of this, God. I pray now that, God, that you show yourself up mighty in the the midst of the problems, Father, in in the minds of your people today. God, show yourself mighty so that we can worship you. Father, freedom. Father, freedom from having to worry. Father, freedom from being angry at life. Hallelujah. God, somebody. Hallelujah. I feel it. Somebody in the room today, God, is angry with you. And God, their anger with you is, is hindering them from worshiping you, God. They're wondering, God, why I had to go this way? God, why I had to be this way? God, why I had to be in it this long? And Father, my prayer is that you relieve them from that burden this morning. God, I pray that you relieve them from that anger. Father, I pray that you heal their heart from that frustration. Father, hear their heart from their hurt in the name of Jesus. Somebody here, Father, is weary. Father, they've been tired of working. Father, they've been tired of going through this and not seeing something different. And, Father, my prayer is that you lift the burden and you destroy the yoke. For you said in your word, come unto you who all who are labor, God, and you will give us rest. And, Father, you told us your word that your yoke is seizing, your burden is light. And, God, we come to you just as we are expecting you to do something miraculous. Father, we're expecting you to work your plan in our lives. Father, we, plan that you, we pray that you turn things around for your glory and in our favor. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen.